If you've got your Bibles, uh, open them with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 10. And um, I don't recommend that you do this. Don't do this at home. Uh, I, this is a professional doing this. <laughs> um, but I'm going to read one verse out of the middle of a paragraph. And that's not how you read your Bibles. But um, you'll understand in a moment um, my, my, my purpose. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 10. Um, and it's verse 16. That's all I'm going to read. 1 Corinthians 10, 16. You follow in your copies as I read that one verse. Paul says, The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? The grass withers, and the flower fades, but the word of our God, that is something that endures forever. Guys, for the sake of those who may be somewhat new to Grace Van or perhaps even visiting for the first time, I, I feel compelled to say something like this every month, um, a, a word of explanation. Uh, we are about to observe the Lord's Supper, and um, we may do it in a way that is unfamiliar, that, that's not the way that you are accustomed to seeing it done. Now, guys, uh, don't get nervous. Uh, relax. We're not going to do anything spooky. Um, we keep the snakes all bottled up in the back. Um, but but there, is a, there is a certain degree of mystery about this sacrament that we by no means want to eliminate or in any way lessen. We want there to be mystery about this. At Gracie Van, we observe the Lord's Supper once a month, which is, and it's normally on the second Sunday of the month. And at these services, our whole focus shifts. The focus shifts off of the pulpit and onto the pew. If I could put that just a, a, another way, in these services, the action takes place not from behind the pulpit. The action takes place right where you sit. As an individual, as a, as a single worshiper. The action's not up here. But it's down there. In, in a lot of ways, guys, you're the preacher this morning. And the audience for you is your own soul. And, and we're here simply to help you. Gang, for us at Gracie Van, the Lord's Supper is not an add-on. It's not, a, it's not an afterthought of the worship service. It is the worship service. That is, this sacrament. We're about to bring you, uh, the uh, elders are about to bring to you, some symbols and we're going to put them in your hands. And what those symbols ought to do is to produce a crisis, a crisis of faith. But not a bad crisis. It's a crisis, crisis in the good sense. And the crisis will be produced in a, in a moment where you have in your hands symbols. Powerful symbols. 
that will hopefully move you closer to a person. And that those symbols will remind you of what that person has done for you to make available to you everlasting life. And you're going to be asked, not by me, but by those symbols that are in your hands, you're going to be asked, is this what you believe? Is this what you're trusting in? Broken body, shed blood. Is, is that the grounds and the foundation of your hope of everlasting life? Is that, is that what you're trusting? These symbols, guys, will invite you to fellowship with Christ, to commune with your Savior, to draw close to the one who lived the life that you should have lived and died the death that you should have died. My role on these Sundays is somewhat abbreviated. I'm in the chorus. You're the soloist. I'm only here to prime the pump so that the the rivers of living water can gush out of your souls. I'm only here to give you enough to think about so that it will help you, it will aid you, it will enhance the conversation that you can have with your Savior. So let's get, let's get right to my part. Let's get it over with so that we can, I'm not trying to undercut my part because I want it to be enough to help you, but I want to hasten past my part so that we can come to the primary focus of these Sundays. And that is your scheduled meeting with Jesus Christ. Verse 16 that I just read you is found inside a paragraph. And so understanding it, you really have to go to the paragraph. I know, I know that. But what Paul is doing in this paragraph is that he's pleading with Corinthian Christians to avoid idolatry. Did you see it in verse 14? I didn't read it, but it says, flee from idolatry. He is exhorting Corinthian Christians to avoid idolatry. And and within that plea to avoid idolatry, um, he makes a statement, verse 16, he makes a statement that is very helpful as we seek to define this sacrament. Gang, his point in this paragraph is that it is very naive of Corinthian Christians to think that a participation in a Greek temple feast did not involve them in idolatry. Look at verse 20. He says, uh, no, I imply that pagan sacrifice, they are. I do not want you to participate with demons. It's very naive on your parts to think that if you're going to go over to the Greek temple and feast and enjoy that, that you aren't going to participate. You're not going to become involved with, you're not going to become associated with demons. But look at verse 16. The same word that you find in verse 20 about participating with demons is found in verse 16. Look what he says. He says, the cup of blessing that we bless, that one, is it not a participation? See it? Participation in the blood of Christ. The bread that we break, that stuff. Is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Guys, do you see the point? The point that he's making is that one of the things that is involved in this sacrament 
is drawing you by the power of the Spirit mystically into a participation. A participation with the Lord Jesus. Guys, however your Bible translates that word, um, mine has participation. I think the RSV has participation. New American Standard has sharing in. I think the King James has communion. However it translates it, the Greek word is koinonia. You know that word. And, and the word is a mutuality, a commonality, a sharing in, a communion with, a participation with. The idea is all the same. But guys, what is being pointed to is the fact that Christians, us, we are in a saving union with Jesus Christ. And that is symbolized by this meal. Gang, a couple of more statements, I'm done. Union with Christ is the fundamental reality of our salvation. Christians are not simply forgiven. They are that. But they are also in a mystical union with Christ. One quick example, and I'm almost done. You remember before the Apostle Paul became the Apostle Paul, his name was Saul. Remember that? And Saul was on his way to Damascus to gather up the Christians and persecute them, bring them back to Jerusalem and put them in jail and worse. And so on the road to Damascus, he struck down about his big old light and he's converted there. You remember all that and the light? And, and, and Jesus begins to speak to him. And Jesus speaks to, and, he, and Jesus says this to Saul. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father at the moment. And he says, why are you persecuting me? I'm going to Damascus. You know, you're like, oh. The point is, guys, when you strike a blow against my people, says Jesus, you strike a blow against me. When you touch them, you touch me. Why? Wow. Because you and I are in a mystical union, a profound, dramatic union with Jesus Christ. So Jesus didn't just stick a ticket to heaven in my pocket. He brought me by the power of the Holy Spirit into a dynamic union with himself. And that is being symbolized by this. Guys, um, in case you can't see this application, what does that all mean? One of the things, it means a lot, but one of the things it means is this. Safety. All that... Anxiety and that fretfulness about, I wonder whether I'm ever going to go to heaven. Guys, if you are trusting in what these things symbolize, you are as safe as Jesus Christ is because you're in union with Him. Let's pray. Our Father, I do pray that that's enough for your people so that they can enjoy what they're about to do. That they can um, use these symbols and as, and as common as they are, use them in such a powerful way that they're reminded and they're asked what it is that they believe. And that they can use them to draw nigh, to draw close, to participate with this glorious Savior of ours. And so, Father, um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Draw us closer to yourself. That's what we long for. 
That's what we so desperately need. Do it for Jesus' sake.